Welcome, Christian Israel, Bible researchers, Bible scholars, Bible enthusiasts, uh, remnant people of the Bible, as we know ourselves to be the true Israelites of the Bible. Welcome to Voice of Christian Israel here on Eurofolk Radio. Today is October 29, 2023, just two days from Halloween. <laughs> We're becoming the largest holiday in America, right? More candy sold on Halloween than anywhere else in the world. All right, and uh, uh, with uh, our guest today, Brother Rick. How are you doing, Brother Rick? We're doing fine. Thank you. All right. Hope you are. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we've been doing this series on the book of Galatians, actually triggered by uh, our study of uh, Hagar. And we actually haven't even gotten into that section of it yet where uh, Paul makes a distinction between the free woman and the bond woman, meaning Sarah and Hagar. So we'll, we'll save that for the future. But we got so involved in the book of Galatians and how the book of Galatians actually totally supports uh, covenant theology that there's no change from the Israelites to Gentiles and, and the Jews don't belong there anyway, that uh, the, the false translations and interpretations of the major denominations regarding that the New Testament is for all people and the Old Testament is for Israel, which is general basic theology, is totally false. The New Testament is just as much exclusively for Israel as the Old Testament. Yeah, your comment right there. Oh, their doctrine is basically satanic. Uh, it, it, it appeals to the exact same agenda that Satan had from the very beginning, and that's destruction of the white race, ultimately. Yeah, yeah, because... Uh, they, they, they promote universalism. Uh, that's another gospel. Uh, they're under a curse for that. Uh, there's no playing around with this, folks. This is very serious, and uh, you, you're seeing that uh, the established church system is uh, presenting uh, not only a, another gospel, but another messiah, and uh, definitely have another spirit, the spirit of anti-messiah. Right, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, I'm going to start out by quoting from, um, let me get, get my uh, record straight here. I'm going to quote first uh, Chronicles 16.22, and then maybe you can uh, read uh, chapter 105, verse 15 of Psalms after I do First Chronicles 16.22. And uh, which is designed to de- demonstrate, and there's, I'm sure there's more uh, passages that we have to uh, have a dual witness, to a double witness, that the word anointed in the Hebrew is, of course, Mashiach, My, uh, can apply to the Israel people and not just to the Messiah. It's also applied to kings and priests and uh, other holy ones of Israel. That uh, the idea that the word Messiah can only apply to the Messiah, uh, who people call Jesus Christ, is a mistake. Uh, The word Mashiach can apply to various types of saviors, not just the the one and only, okay? So let me just quote it right here. Uh, Let me back up just to say uh, verse 13, just to prove that the context is the people of Israel. First Chronicles 16:13. O ye seed of Israel, his servant, ye children of Jacob, his chosen ones. Okay, he is Yahweh our God, and his judgments are in all the earth. Be mindful always of this covenant, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations, and then scrolling down to 16:22, saying, "Touch not mine anointed." 
and do my prophets no harm. The anointed people here being spoken of are the Israelites, as uh, proven in uh, 1 Chronicles 16.13. Now, we also have a double witness, uh, Psalm 105.15, if you will read that for us, please. Absolutely, saying, Touch not mine anointed, and do my prophets no harm. This here word, uh, anointed here, is definitely Mashiach, and it does uh, have a, a meaning of uh, usually a consecrated person as a king, a priest, or a saint, mm-hmm. uh, specifically the Messiah at times. Uh, you'll also find this uh, word translated anointed in numerous other passages in, in relation to Israelites, especially in the, that uh, emphatic diaglot. He uh, does make a lot of corrections on that term throughout the New Testament as well. Uh-huh. And okay. it is definitely at times referring to individuals or people of the faith. Right, very good. Uh, the faith, <laughs> right? Not any old faith. That's yeah, there's, there's a, a lot of confusion. The word faith itself has a lot of problems in it because uh, when Judeos talk about faith in Christ, well, they're, they're, they're not worshiping the true Christ. They're worshiping a universal Christ. But uh, the faith of Christ or Christ-faith is a completely different concept. So the Judeo concept is, is as long as you believe in Jesus slash Christ, then you're saved. But there's no such simplistic formula in the scriptures. The Christ faith or the faith of Christ is typically, or the fidelity that you have to show to him in your daily life, a completely different concept from mere belief. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, well, the, the faith, is a, that's an emphatic uh uh, element to the term there, uh, and so it's not just anything. It is uh, uh, a, a term that uh, implies a particular, and so uh, the faith is the faith, not just any old faith. Uh, and so that's what you got. And uh, you have different faith within uh, Christianity, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. They, they've altered it so much so that uh, that they're following a, uh, like I said, another Messiah, another gospel, and another spirit. Amen, amen. And uh, it's it's very subtle at times. Uh, the word faith is one of those things that is abused by the churches uh, to no end because it does essentially mean fidelity, okay? Fidelity to a doctrine, to a cause. Fidelity it could be to a person, but it never means it. It never really means mere belief because you have to know what you're believing in in order to be fidel. Uh, f- what's the word? Fidel? Fidel Castro? To well, it, yeah, there's that passage that says the devils also believe and tremble. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, there you go. <laughs> just simple belief uh, manifesting yeah. little else is uh, going to be a big problem, folks. Right. I mean, you think yeah. the devils are going to be saved? No way. No, no way. No, no. And even the devil believes, isn't there? Isn't there? Yeah. He reads, the devil reads scripture. Scripture too, right? Okay, <laughs> and he uses it pretty skillfully at times. Yeah, but here I mean, the church, churches are filled with them. <laughs> oh, that's that's right. Yeah, they're filled with devils, aren't they? So, uh, but uh, read. Why don't you read from one to fifteen? Read. Uh, set that Psalm one one fifteen verse. Oh, sorry, one o five verses one through fifteen to set the whole right. context. Yeah. Oh, oh, give thanks unto Yahweh. Call upon his name. Oh, no, we're not going to use that name. You don't have to use that name. Right. Well, there's a direct command to do it, folks. That's right. Uh, make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him. Sing psalms unto him. Talk ye of all his wondrous works. 
Glory ye in his holy name. Ah, there's nothing to that name stuff. Mm. Why you get all this trouble right. calling this name stuff? Brothers right. and sisters, don't listen to these name people. They're crazy. Yeah, oh, yeah that's right. right there it is. Give yeah. glory to his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek Yahweh. Amen. Seek Yahweh and his strength. Seek his face evermore. Remember his marvelous works that ye have that he hath done, his wondrous and the judgments of his mouth. Oh, you're supposed to, you know, just judge not lest you be judged. That's what my Bible says. Yeah, okay, no, well, the, but read the next the verse. It, folks. The, the next verse oh, says judge righteously. Oh, that's right. That's <laughs> yeah, okay. right. Uh, righteous man judges all things. The Bible directly says, uh, oh, ye seed of Abraham. Uh-oh. So he's not talking to everybody. Mm-hmm. Oh, ye seed of Abraham, his servant, ye children of Jacob. Uh-huh. This book is racist. It's definitely exclusive, <laughs> right? You okay. Children of Yaakov, uh, Jacob here. His chosen. Uh oh, he's got a chosen group of people. That's yeah. racist too. How about it's that? not the Jews. <laughs> That's right. Uh, right? Edomite, Khazar, mongrels. That's right. right. He, Amen. He is Yahweh, our mighty one. His judgments are in all the earth. He hath remembered his covenant. Uh oh. How long? Oh, Forever. Long. Okay. Uh, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations. How many generations we've had since yeah. the very beginning of time? Hmm. Not that many. Not, not <laughs> that many. Which covenant he made with Abraham and his oath unto Isaac. You think he's keeping his word or is he not yeah. keeping his word, folks? Well, and he is faithful to us. We have to return the favor. That's correct. Yeah. He, he confirmed the same unto Jacob for a law and to Israel. For an everlasting covenant. Uh-oh. Amen. How long is that? That's a pretty long time, isn't it? <laughs> right. Saying, unto thee will I give the land of Canaan, the lot of your inheritance, when they were but a few men in number, yea, uh, very few, and strangers in it, when mm-hmm. they went from one nation to another, from one kingdom to another people. He suffered no man to do them wrong, yea, to reprove kings for their sakes, saying, Touch not mine anointed, and do my prophets no harm. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, hallelujah. So the context is clearly the people of Israel, and touch not mine anointed is a reference to the people of Israel. Okay, by that's referring to other nations, non-Israelite nations, should leave us alone. But we know the Jews will never leave us alone. There's going to be another inheritance coming up in Galatians chapter 4, which will deprive the enemy of what they have attempted to steal from us. And believe us, folks, the Jews have just stolen just about everything from us that they possibly could, except our immortal souls, if we qualify. (laughs) All right, so... Let's go into Galatians chapter 3, and we pretty much left off this, uh, I think it's three weeks ago now, because he took a week off, and I I had to leave last weekend as well. So I'm going to start with verse 21, Galatians 3.21, where he compares the law and the promises made to Abraham through Isaac and Jacob, and it says, is the law then against the promises of God, of Theos, God forbid. For if there had been a law given which would have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. Now, righteousness, what he's saying here, 
is righteousness was not achieved merely by the giving of the law. Okay. Correct. Okay. And so what else has to happen besides the giving of the law in order for people to be righteous? Well, unfortunately, uh, you know, the, some people transgressed that law, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and therefore they had to be an established system of uh, of carrying that sin penalty over from generation to generation. Well, here comes the mediator. He just finished talking about the mediator right. between Yahweh and men, and that is Messiah Yahshua. So mm-hmm. uh, we we have to have confidence and faith in the promises that Yahweh was going to send forth one cho- uh, raised up from amongst the brethren, folks. Right, uh, and uh, it would be through him, his sacrifice, and our faith in him that uh, would render actual righteousness and right. uh, removal of the penalty of death uh, from transgressing that law. Scripture says there's none righteous, no, not one. That's why we all needed to be mm-hmm. redeemed. That's right. And uh, he is talking. Remember, this is talking specifically to Israel. Uh, Yahshua is the kinsman redeemer, folks. Right. Uh, and, and if you're not part of the kinfolk, he's not. Yeah, if you're Part not a your, kinsman, if you're not his kinsman or woman, you're in trouble, <laughs> right? You're, none of these promises apply to you. Period. They simply do not, because he is Better our find kinsman. Him another book. That's right. Yeah. Well, uh, they've got the Jewish Bible. They got the Talmud. They, they got all the commentaries <laughs> from the, from the Judeo pastors saying the the New Testament is about everybody on planet Earth. No, it's not, folks. That's our point here in doing these shows that the covenant message prevails throughout the scriptures. And all of this nonsense about universalism and mere belief and that all that garbage is mistranslation and misrepresentation of the scriptures. And that's why we're here to explain how this has happened. Now, question for you. Is it possible to be righteous without being obedient to the law? Uh, my tongue says, speak of the word, for all thy commandments are righteousness. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're not obedient to the commandments of uh, found in the law, thy law is truth, it says. So uh, if you're not obedient to that, well, no, you're going to be a sinner. And that means you That's need right. to, uh, you're going to be punished or you're going to need redemption. Which one, yeah. which one are you going to take? Right. So Paul's point here is simply saying that righteousness is something separate from the law. In other words, you have to practice the law in order to be a righteous person. You can't. The law is just words written on a piece of paper or the Ten that's Commandments. That's why he says. Yeah, yeah that's, that's correct. He, he, that's why he says that uh, the, the law is not made for a righteous man. That's right. But for the Sinner. lawless. There you and go. Sinners. Yeah. And that's the reason. Uh, why Why is it not made for a righteous man? Because he's righteous. He's not breaking <laughs> right. it. Yeah, yeah. If you're driving the speed limit, you shouldn't get a ticket for exceeding the speed limit, right? <laughs> right? That's correct. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Amen. Uh, so for by, the, by that sign standing on the side yeah. of the road is the knowledge of the speed limit. And if you break it, guess yeah. what? You're yeah. going to get a ticket. Isn't it amazing that the Judeos uh, interpret these types of passages as meaning that the law has been done away with? They will go, they will yeah. bend over into a pretzel and a corkscrew to try to argue that the law has been done away with. The, the Bible says no such thing. Uh, actually, I have heard some of them actually declare, if you believe you're supposed to obey the law, you are an anti-Pauline. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Well, okay, well, yeah, it's a good thing we're talking about Paul because we're here proving that Paul teaches no such thing. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. So let's continue. Verse 22. 
but the scripture hath concluded all under sin. Well, every man's a sinner, as you just quoted. And, uh, you know, he has said many times that it's hard to avoid. There's temptation. You, you get up out of bed, there's temptation. You step out your door, there's temptation, right? You have to make a moral judgment virtually every second of the day to avoid yes. uh, engaging in sin. That's literally how uh, how difficult it is to stay righteous, okay? But the scripture has concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Yahshua Messiah might be given to them that believe. Now, here's the word believe. But, of course, we know that Yahshua, as you just said, is our kinsman redeemer. He came to no other people than Israel. That if... Uh, if them that believe is someone other than Israel, then the Bible would be inconsistent. Paul would be inconsistent, correct? That's correct. So, uh, you know, here's the question then. If someone who believes in uh, the Messiah understands that it is a covenant uh, fulfillment of uh, promise to a particular group of people, uh, does a person that believes that, oh, no, my Messiah came to redeem everyone, Mm-hmm. Uh, is is that a different Messiah or not? Yeah. Well, if the one yes. if he came for everyone, it's a different Messiah. <laughs> That's right. correct. They have right? a different gospel message. That's exactly what you have in Christianity, folks. They are teaching yeah. uh, satanic doctrine. It, it promotes the miscegenation and destruction of the white race. And uh, I suggest you get out of them. Yes. That's why it's called yeah. a whore. That's, That's why right. she's described as a harlot. Uh, she invites anyone in, uh, as long as somebody puts some little money in the offering plate. That's right, and, and, uh, and put the, uh, money in there to get your dead relatives out of purgatory. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. Mm. Well, but it can also be translated to have faith in or trust in. And I think that's trustworthiness is really what we're talking about here. To them that are trustworthy. That's way more significant than mere, mere belief, okay? Verse 23, but before, here we go, here's faith, here's faith, it's ice. Now, wait a minute. Oh, here we go, pistis, yeah, that's correct. Pistis is persuasion, assurance, belief, faith, fidelity. Fidelity is the one I like most. Fidelity, which should afterwards be revealed. Okay, so the question to you. Were the Israelites of the Old Testament faithful to the law that was given to them by Moses? Ooh-wee. Well, <laughs> uh, not very often, as not far very... as my book says. Right. Uh, so yeah. there, there may have been a generation here and there. You might be able to uh, declare that uh, they were trying to live things in accord. But actually, folks, I, my position is that Yahweh has always had a remnant. So uh, you're not going to get national observance. It's always only been uh, a remnant of Israelites within the Israelite body that uh, that actually observed Yahweh's ways. Actually, a lot of your Christian commentaries uh, will describe them as being of the cult of Yahweh. They were so Uh, right, yeah, (laughs) yeah, because we obey His laws, right? And they don't, yeah. So, uh, but we don't we don't demand that people uh, uh, adhere to our doctrine or be thrown out of the church, <laughs> right? <laughs> which all these denominations do, right? So anyway, okay. So, uh, which should afterwards be revealed? Well, this would be after the kinsman redeemer had done away with the sacrificial law and only the sacrificial law. 
you can add the, uh, in, uh, well, indulgences is actually a good word, uh, free will offerings that weren't required by the law, but you can also do that for the remission of sins, okay? Things that aren't mentioned in the Old Testament that Yahweh would find acceptable. You sacrifice something of yours to and to make redemption for sins, with the condition being that, well, you shouldn't be doing that sin again, right? Okay? Like cheating on a spouse. You shouldn't be doing that, right? So if you make an offering uh, on your own be, uh, on your own accord and you give it to the priest and the, the, the priest acknowledges that offering, then that will be counted for you, okay? But that doesn't that that system is not in place any longer, is it? Uh, yeah. Because there's been the ultimate sacrifice, the one that was promised, and that's, that's right. Uh, by the way, this that's, is uh, should, which should afterwards be revealed. So he said he said it was shut up until the faith, which should afterwards be revealed. Right. These are the things that the uh, prophets and uh, patriarchs of old wanted to look into. Paul talks about it. Times. That's this right. This is actually a quote unquote mystery, a kind of a secret. Mm-hmm. Okay, he, yeah. he uses that that type of terminology in other passages within his writings. But uh, the fact is, is what, what so what does it mean? It, he's sitting. All he's telling you, folks, is that the they were kept under the law, under the penalty. Therefore, they had to do the sacrifice year after year, type of thing, uh, until the one that was promised to come came. And he's sitting here trying to explain to a group of people who want to keep doing these sacrificial systems, saying, "Hey." The, the perfect sacrifices came. You need to believe in the, the one that came. That's who he's, right. he's telling you. That's, that's right. the one that has been revealed, that Yahshua the Messiah is that kinsman redeemer. He, was the, he is the one that was promised, uh, and he is the, uh, the atonement for your sins. He is now the go-between. He's the mediator between that's Yahweh right. and men now. Yep, yep. And he's now the uh, high priest of the priesthood of uh, order of Melchizedek, so, <laughs> right? That's Which right. Are, could only be the righteous Israelites. Because anyone who's unrighteous could not possibly qualify. Was it called the teacher of righteousness? Who was the first uh, Melchizedek mentioned um, that Abraham sacrificed to? He was called yeah. the teacher of righteousness. Okay? Yeah. So, so, and there's no doubt that Yahshua is still the teacher of righteousness. The churches are not. Okay? Verses 24. Where, and he where, said, think not, I've come to destroy the law or the prophets. Right. I've not yeah. come to destroy, but to fulfill. To fulfill. Bring it to its fullest meaning, folks. Right. Bring it to its yeah. fullest meaning. Right. And he is part of the full fulfillment of the fullest yeah. meaning. That's He is the mystery that it was has been revealed. That's what Paul's talking about. It hasn't done away with the law of Yahweh. Amen. I mean, yeah. it, it, they're still telling you that the... Uh, the law is by the law is the knowledge of sin. You know that, that's why right. John tells us sin is the transgression of the law. He doesn't do away with the law of Yahweh right. just because yeah. the that's in the New Testament. Sacrifice has came. <laughs> right. That's right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It's, what amazes me, brother Rick, is the extent to which the Judeo pulpit bastards, is what I like to call them, uh, go go to extremes to distort the teachings of the New Testament. And the way they do it is by using these problematic, let's say problematic words, words that have different meanings, different shades of meaning. But you have to understand that, number one, the covenant message has not been watered down, as we talked about last time in Galatians chapter 3, the early parts of this chapter. There's no way, because Paul says there's no one on earth can change the, can change the terms of the covenant. That's right. Yet, yet, uh, as a matter of fact, we just read a passage that says it's forever. Yes, it says forever, <laughs> right? Yet these pastors will say, 
Well, Paul changed the terms of the covenant by including the Gentiles. He doesn't have the authority to. Neither yeah, of actually, course not. Neither did Yahshua the Messiah. That's right. <laughs> he didn't have that authority either. Therefore, neither right. one would have done it, and neither one of them did. Okay? That's right. The problem is the word Gentile, which does not belong in any translations, right? Which has been put in there to fool you into thinking that Paul was the so-called apostle to the Gentiles. Not Nothing of the kind. If any nations were uh, given to him, it was the Israel nations, all 12 of them, and no others. Okay? That's the covenant message, folks. And the Bible does not deviate from the, from that in any way, shape, or form. Okay, all right. You know, so you, you see the end of the book. How many how many gates are going into the city in the end of the uh, book? Twelve uh, tribes uh, of Israel. Yeah, oh, thirty thousand, thirty thousand, thirty-three thousand. <laughs> One for each denomination, right? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Okay. Verse twenty-four. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Messiah, that we might be justified by faithfulness. Okay, and justification is. Uh, Dikayo, uh, dikayo, to render, to declare, to declare one sinless, whether you are or not. In other words, our sins were forgiven without uh, our, uh, without us doing anything uh, to make ourselves sinless. We were simply declared sinless. Uh, the kinsman redeemer redeemed us from our past sins, and therefore uh, we are clean to that extent. Okay. Yeah, so, that, so, so Abraham was, it was counted unto Abraham for righteousness because he believed Yahweh. Okay, mm-hmm. so well, all we're saying here is that 24 is telling us because we believe that the promised Redeemer that was coming has came, mm-hmm. there's your, that's where your faith stands. Now, uh, that, doesn't do, that hasn't done away with the laws of Yahweh, but the law uh, yeah. uh, was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Messiah. So keep in mind, part of that was... Uh, the means by which you got forgiveness was by sacrificing some animals, uh, and there's right. the blood issue, the blood atonement being taught to you. What That was the first mm-hmm. lesson, the That's lesson right. to teach you, to bring you to the fact that there was a yeah. Messiah to come. And he now he's came. Right. Yes, came. That's what it, Paul's trying to explain to these people who are still wanting to sacrifice animals or think Amen. it may be necessary to do such a thing. Yeah, well, he, he the one law he fulfilled was the law of sacrifice. That was done Absolutely. away with, okay? And that's what, and they, they generalize it to the entire law, and that's a, a really stupid. I mean, I don't think any theologian could be that stupid as to not know that uh, that that's all that was done away no, with. No, they, they, they have yeah. an ulterior motive, brother. Yes. That's exactly what it is. They want to justify other yes. transgressions, so they're going to get rid of that law yeah. uh, that where you know they can justify this, that, or the other thing out of it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, very good. Verse 25, but after that faith is come, and that's the faithfulness, fidelity, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. And, of course, the whole law of Moses can be considered a schoolmaster. But the only, the only part of it that's actually done away with was the ritual sacrifice element of it. For because ye, that was the part that was teaching us of the yeah. need for redemption, uh, the right. blood atonement. That's the yeah. part that was teaching us the the, uh, the necessary blood atonement aspect. Therefore, yeah. we're no longer under that schoolmaster. Right. And this is that, where, that element. Yeah. This is where the history of the Bible, the Bible is a history book. It's the only true history book ever written. If you understand it properly, that it's about us, the Caucasian Israelites, and no other people, it becomes very clear what an accurate history book it is. But uh, we're seeing here that 
that you ha- when faith is come, we no longer need the schoolmaster. Well, the house of Judah, which was keeping the sacrificial law now for 1,500 years, had lost the principal reason for the sacrifices that they were pointing toward the coming of the Messiah, the Messiah. And they forgot, they didn't, they didn't realize who he was. And so they were willing to give up their traditions and, no, I don't want to stop sacrificing bulls and goats. I, I might lose my salvation, so-called, right? Isn't that what's going on here? Isn't what Paul is trying to elucidate here to these Judahites, and if there's any Israelites in there involved as well, that the law of sacrifice has been done away with? Absolutely. So the problem here, one of the other problems is that you have a religion, a religion that controls or is paramount in a society is actually a major part of the source of control of that society. Oh, and so oh, yeah. you end up, you go back and look in your history, folks, and it's going to tell you that even Roman citizens were buying and selling office into <laughs> the uh, yeah. uh, the uh, priesthood here at uh, in Jerusalem. Right. Uh, they were actually buying and selling the high priest's office, folks. No mm-hmm. joke. Yeah. And, but, uh, so yeah. you end up with a, a power structure here, and they're saying, "Hey, wait a minute! You're, you're infringing on our power of, over this society." And and so this is one yeah. of the another element they didn't want to forsake what right. the, the power yeah. structure that had been built up. And so yes, they're coming after this dude here, this Paul, who, by the way. He was actually one within the power structure at one time, folks. Mm-hmm. This guy, Paul was a very high official, okay, yeah. and he was buddies at one time with all these people. So yeah, they with the Pharisees. Yeah, he with the Pharisees until he had his uh, elucidation in the desert, there right? There you go. But and he was their hat knock check. Him off his horse, <laughs> right? Right, and he was the hat check boy for the people who murdered Stephen, right? Uh, and right. so yeah, yeah. and. And these Judahites didn't forget that. They accused him of it later in the book of Acts. Why should we believe you? You were there. You were partly responsible for the death of Stephen. And he admitted it. He admitted it. But uh, but I'm a changed man. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Paul, Paul is the man uh, between the literal rock and a hard place. He's oh, man. He's on both sides here. <laughs> right. Between the Jews and the Judeos. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. To complicate these matters Further, the Pharisees, who are, I, w- I would say, guesstimating at least 90% Edomites at this point in time, and uh, could, right, and uh, maybe one or two Judahite Pharisees, or Judahite Sanhedrin members, uh, th- this complicates it even more because these Pharisees, these Edomites, had taken over the priesthood, and they had learned the rituals, and now they were the uh, authority over the rituals, and they, the Jews still, their religion is nothing but ritualism, even today. Okay? That's all it is, folks. It's ritualism, because the Judahites were stuck on these rituals for 1,500 years and that, did not want to let go of them, and they failed to realize who Yahshua was. And just uh, keep in mind, they make void the commandments of Yahweh by oh those man. traditions. That's right. That's right. And by That's... the way, guess what Guess what else uh, Christianity does? They make void <laughs> the commandments of Yahweh also. Don't yeah, they? Yeah. So, you know, when everybody wants to accuse me of being a Pharisee or they want me to accuse, accuse me of being a Judaizer, I just point back at the fact, look, it's the Messiah that told you specifically. That it's your Pharisees and your your uh, 
these Jews who were wanting to make void the law by their traditions. I said, how is it, Christian? How is that? You're different from them. No, it's you that's the Pharisee. It's you that's the Judaizer, not me. That's right. That's right. Paul did not uh, change the law, not in any way, shape, or form. Okay? Correct. Uh, Brother Aber says, uh, if Jerusalem was not destroyed in 70 AD, the sacrifices would have continued. Yes, very good. And if we didn't have Paul's teachings, then we would not understand the end of the ordinances. The other apostles didn't understand until later on. Yeah, Paul was literally the only one who understood. Yeah, well, here's another thing on that. At least my view is concerned. I think mm-hmm. the Messiah was being prophesied there in the 70 weeks prophecy, and he oh, sure. actually did do away with the sacrificial system at his yeah. atonement. Uh, so mm-hmm. we didn't that have is. to actually wait for the buildings to be burned down or, or torn down or whatever, whoever's going to point at some uh, event uh, at that time. The the 70 weeks prophecy came to a conclusion well before the 70, uh, the, the 70 AD events. But right. uh, yes, physical building had to be taken mm-hmm. down before they was going to quit this. Yeah, and yet our people and are they're su- still itching to get it back up so they can do it again. And Christianity yeah. is in there supporting ideas and, and funds and sending funds over there to go build yeah. another temple and all that garbage so that they can yeah. start sacrificing animals again. They yeah. got their red yeah. heifers already growing in Texas and shipping them over there to yeah. Israel and all those other yeah. nine yards of garbage, folks. Right. It's, just, uh, it's an absolute blasphemous. It's total blasphemy. It's not, right. not, that's not faith and, and interpretation of prophecy. See, that's that's blasphemous. So, the Messiah is the chosen one, the, so, the sacrifice amen. that was promised. Let's believe that, folks. Amen. Yeah. And any Christian who supports the building of the third temple is demonstrating the fact that he or she ha- is clueless about the meaning of, of the Bible. <laughs> they, they might as well just throw it in the fire. They do not understand a word of Scripture if they f- actually believe that that third temple must be built and, and sacrifice should be reinstituted. That's, that's right. how that's how silly these people are. Anyway, so but let, let's have faith in some of the maybe some of them will wake up. We'll see. Okay, but again, he says after the school verse twenty six: For ye are all the children of God by faith in Messiah Yeshua. He reverses the term Christ Jesus, and but here Messiah and the name of Yeshua are linked together so there's no mistaking that the anointed one is Yahshua himself okay but you have to look at the context in several of these verses to determine whether Messiah himself is being talked about the one and only or the anointed people are being referenced and we're going to run into that the next couple of verses but here when he says ye are all the children of God could that, yes. since since Yahshua said, I come not but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel, can he mean be meaning anybody other than Israel? Well, I have, these, this type of passage has been brought up to me a dozen times. We're sitting there talking about the Israel message, given all these various verses where Paul and other writers are, are very, very exclusive as to the Israel message and, and that it's only exclusive to a, the group, the, you know, mm-hmm. the people promised and et cetera. And they'll still turn to a passage like this and say, see there, it says, oh, brother, you're just wrong. Yes. You know, that's the problem. <laughs> they, they, okay, well, that. He's not saying one thing on one page and another totally different thing on another page, folks. That's right. We have to keep it all in context. The context has been discussing the everlasting covenant to a particular specific group of people. Amen. So for ye uh, that I'm talking to, all of you that I am focused yeah. upon in my conversation are all the children of Yahweh by faith. 
Amen. Amen. Yeah, and the, the people, the Galatians, as mo- most people should know, uh, they're actually Israelites who left Israel and went to Spain, not Spain, France, and lived there for a number of years. And uh, I think they just got tired of the fighting against the Roman Empire. And they migrated back to the Levant and settled in Galatia. They were Israelites, folks. They were Israelites. I, I'm not sure whether they're house of Judah or the house of Ephraim, but nevertheless, they're Israelites. And uh, so that's why he addresses them as the children of God. If they weren't Israelites, he would not have addressed them in this manner. Period. You've got the Bugs Bunny cartoon, folks. You remember yeah. the long-haired galoot? Yeah, right. Oh, really? you got this, <laughs> this red-haired, weird-looking nose, Yosemite uh, mm, Shemuel trying to kill him. Uh-huh. <laughs> there's there's right. some uh, symbolic message in the whole cartoon series there, folks. Oh, yeah. right. Right, yeah. The Jews know. Yeah. He, he was a long-haired galoot, though. Okay, yeah. Long-haired uh, Galatian. Yeah, a, a galoot, meaning a, a thug or, or you know, a, a, a big hulky, hulky guy, stupid, you know, by implication, right? Okay. All right. So, for as many of you, as many of you as have been baptized into Messiah have put on Messiah. That's pretty straightforward. Okay. Baptism. Well, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go I- ahead. Uh, I was going to just going to ask if uh, well if you've been baptized into the false messiah that the mainstream proclaims and you know Paul said it's another messiah mm-hmm. folks uh, should you think about being baptized another baptism to clear <laughs> your conscience if nothing else right yeah, right yeah okay well because the the first baptism of the spirit was at Pentecost. And uh, the, from there on, uh, our our blood was partially redeemed because uh, we got rid of the curse of, uh, not totally, uh, because the we still have the DNA from Adam and Eve who sinned, but we were given a, an influx of the Holy Spirit, but not a total influx. That doesn't happen until the second coming and the wedding yep. feast of the Lamb. Okay, that's yeah, when we get he, he that. He talks about the redemption of our bodies at the same mm-hmm. time. Right, very good, very good. Okay, now it's interesting here. Now the word baptized is defined, well, it's the word baptizo, which means to fully immerse. It means to fully immerse. So the sprinkling that the, uh, some denominations give you uh, doesn't count. You have to be fully immersed, right? And uh, if it's done by some other denomination by uh, other than Israel, then uh, I'm sorry, you're not baptized into the faith. Right? So you're baptized into some other faith, okay? All right? And it's interesting, it says to make whelmed. W-H-E-L-M-E-D. To make whelmed. That is fully wet used only in the New Testament of ceremonial ablution, especially technically of the ordinance of Christian baptism. So, I mean, so this word baptism has certainly a dual meaning. And it's you have to be fully immersed to fully qualify. And you do this voluntarily, and you do this for remission of your own sins. Now, why would Yahshua say, be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for the remission of sins if there's no more sin? Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> you, you want me to answer something? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, the, uh, oh, yeah, it wasn't, it, it wasn't a generic question. It was I, directed I was, to I you. I was thinking about a, 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 <laughs> right. a teaching that uh, 
uh, a Baptist church fellow uh, was telling me about, and that is uh, he, he got up there and did a sermon about the unbaptized arm. So in other words, you get this guy being uh, fully immersed, but he left his arm hanging up so that he'd get, uh, and what they're <laughs> referencing is uh, are we being baptized totally? Uh, are we uh, being fully put to death symbolism here and resurrecting unto a newness of life? Or are we lying to ourselves? Right. Uh, right. So this is symbolic. Uh, we need to be baptized into the faith. Uh, and that, that message or that symbolism, you need to be presented as a witness to others that you have right. put on a, 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 a new nature, a new man, if you will. Right. And uh, you're going to start growing in faith and in knowledge from there. Yeah, uh, but uh, living in accord with Yahweh's laws, ways and statutes and statutes. You have made a commitment to give up your sinful ways. That's that's what you are even, dying. The, the yeah. old man nature must that must die. Paul brings out. That's and right. This is part of that symbolism of death. Yeah, and uh, the the water just symbolizes that. Okay, the the immersion, but this is your public demonstration to other Israelites. And not to any churches, <laughs> to other Israelites that you have made this commitment. Okay, that's what water baptism symbolizes. Because a lot of people have asked me, well, does water baptism uh, make you saved or born again or any of that stuff? And I said, I don't see any connection there. It's just your your public declaration. It's public. To, that you have given up the old man of sin that has been guiding you through this awful war, and you reject that old man of sin, and you, you want to be, uh, as Brother Abraham says, immersed in knowledge, okay, and the truth, and obedience. Those are the things that matter. Okay? Being born to uh, walk in righteousness, uh, you know, awake to righteousness and sin not. For some, if not the knowledge yeah. of Yahweh, speak this to your shame. Uh, 1 Corinthians yeah. fifteen thirty four. We need to... Uh, Come alive. We need to be awakened and yeah. live that new life. Uh, yeah. And that's what part of that death and, and uh, resurrection unto life is, is really being symbolized there. Let's make yeah. sure it's not just getting wet, folks. Yeah, that's right. So let me repeat verse 27. For as many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. But if you haven't, then you're a zombie. You're half alive. You're only half alive. You're half dead and half alive. Verse 28. There is now here. Now this is like the, oh yeah, the Judeos love this verse. Okay, oh, yeah. so I think we could probably do a whole show on this verse, but we have about fifteen minutes left here. Let me just read through the whole thing, and then we'll analyze it. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Messiah Yeshua. You are all one in this person. Well. It's obvious that all Israelites, whether they lived in Judea, the Greco-Roman world, whether they're male or female, whether they were servants or free, free men or women, that uh, he redeemed us all. Isn't that the most obvious meaning of this verse? It's it offered to uh, all of the Israelites, regardless if they're of house of Judah, right? Uh, Yehudite here. Or mm -hmm. if they had been uh, a part of the house of Israel who had already, folks, migrated into Europe, including into yep. this Hellenized area uh, right. of Greece. It's, that word there is Helen, actually. Right. Translated as Greek. But uh, keep in mind, we have uh, historic testimony uh, where even the Spartans had written to Jerusalem declaring their uh, 
common ancestry. Mm-hmm. And you have in the book of Maccabees the letter being written or evidence of the letter being written back to the Spartans from Jerusalem mm-hmm. uh, during the Maccabean period. So this right. is before the infusion of the Edomite into the land. That's right. We're still dealing with true Yehudites at that time. Uh, and they write right back to the Spartans uh, who are in Grecian territory saying, yeah, we, you, you are our brothers. So, yes. yes. Let's not yeah. let's not okay. them this. This is a hundred percent still talking to Israelites, folks. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm going to repeat. I'm going to go through this verse again slowly. In the meantime, would you dial up John seven thirty five? I'm pretty sure that's the correct verse. Where 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 you see the word Helene, it could easily be displaced by the word dispersed, because that's who, who Paul is addressing this to. Those Israelites dispersed in the Greco. Roman world, and uh, they were Hellenized. They were Hellenized Israelites, and this Hellenization ba- began way back in the period, uh, the what do you call, what's the period called? The uh, between the two testaments, between the testaments, right? The mm-hmm. Maccabean period, where mm-hmm. the Greeks took In- over. Intertestamental period. Yeah. That's Inter-testamental, right. Intertestamental. Some people say, yeah. That's the word I was looking for. Intertestamental period, and a lot of Israelites of the, of the house of Judah migrated away from Judah to get away from all the fighting. And the Israelites were already in Europe. So they may have uh, come together and realized, hey, uh, do you do you speak Hebrew? <laughs> well, probably the house of Israel didn't speak Hebrew for very long. They, they adopted other languages by this time. But the house of Judah would still be speaking Hebrew to some extent uh, and or Aramaic during the intertestamental period. And some of them settled in Rome. Some of them settled in uh, Galatia, which is uh, France, in Gaul. And so, uh, most of them, however, were in Europe, uh, Northern Europe, East, Western Europe, to some extent Eastern Europe, and still dispersed in the, the Middle East, the, the Mesopotamian area. Okay, In fact, there were millions of uh, Israelites dispersed in Mesopotamia from the river Euphrates to the river Nile, okay, as the promise was given to Abraham in Genesis chapter 15, verse 18. Back to you. Yeah, I was just going to add in something else here. You know, some people just think of the uh, Israelite dispersion as applied to after the house of Israel had been taken into Assyrian captivity up around the Black Sea, Caspian Sea. They migrated into uh, through the Caucasus Mountains, into uh, Arsareth as your apocrypha. <laughs> The book of Second Ezra tells you this is a region uh, yes. basically to the north and uh, west of the Black Sea area. Right. Uh, so this is this is your Bible telling you where some of these dispersion of Israel went to. However, I just a lot of people forget that uh, during the time of Joseph ruling uh, second in command there in Egypt, remember uh, Pharaoh gave them the best of the land. Which, which you're talking about the Nile Delta, folks. Mm-hmm. Scotia. Yeah, uh, and uh, for uh, many years, all during the time when Joseph was alive, and also uh, for many years after Joseph's death, uh, you had them ruling and r- running the roost. Uh, they were right. uh, Israelites yeah. were extremely important and powerful people in yeah. Egypt, and uh, it is during this time, these about a hundred years or so, you're talking about, where they were. Uh, they were going out all around the Mediterranean coast and all up into the European coastline north and spreading. Right. Uh, you know, I don't know. Some people might not know it, but uh, even the land of Scotland is right. uh, supposedly you got you got a historical uh, identification where Scotland came by their name of Scotta, yeah, Scotta, an Scotta, Egyptian right. queen. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Egyptian so, Israelite queen, right? She. That's correct. She, uh, right. Israelite queen. Yes. Uh huh. Be emphatic there. That's exactly. Yeah. So this is hundreds of years, hundreds of years before there's ever yeah. a uh, many hundreds uh, before there was a an Assyrian captivity and then a migration of Israel into Europe as well. There was already Israelites spreading uh, abroad. Yeah, yeah. Keep in mind the tribe of Dan was a uh, a ship. Uh, ocean-going a group of people. Mm-hmm. Their name was spread all over Europe already, uh, yeah. well before the the uh, other invasion uh, or other uh, Israelites came in from the Assyrian yeah. captivity. So yeah. this is a long time back, folks. There was a lot of Israelites in Europe right. already. Amen. Because we have Zara Judah migrating into Europe from Egyptian from Egyptian captivity. It's possible that these Galatians are descended from Zara. It's also possible that they were descended from Pharaohs because, as I just mentioned, during the intertestamental period, a lot of uh, people from the house of Judah migrated into Europe as well to join their cousins. They, pro- As you just mentioned, they, uh, there was correspondence between the Spartans and the house of Judah in, in Israel, and they recognized each other as such. Okay, And a lot of people don't realize, that, therefore, that the British royalty is actually descended from Israel as well. Specifically, the, the house of David, right? So we right. we see we know these things, but the Judea world has no knowledge of these things whatsoever. Well, right here in the book of John, you're talking about that the the uh, some of these even these Edomite Jews and some of the others that were here in in Jerusalem knew exactly where many of the Israelites were. At. <laughs> That's right, but none of our people, very few of our people, know. Yeah, so go ahead and quote that verse, and if there's more context there, go ahead and quote. Uh, Quote other yeah, verses me, with let it. Let me go yeah. A, yeah, a couple of verses yeah. before that. So, then okay. said Yahshua unto them, Yet a little while I am with you, uh, and then I go unto him that sent me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a strange question here. Why would they ask <laughs> such a question? Well, he goes on and says, Ye shall seek me and shall not find me, and where I am thither <laughs> ye cannot come. Uh-huh. Then said then said the uh, well, say Pharisees, <laughs> Pharisees, Pharisees, Pharisees. There you go. Among themselves, whether will he go that we shall not find him? <laughs> right. Will he go unto the dispersed, the diaspora, folks? That's right. Uh, among the nations, just Gentiles and your King James, but we're talking. Yeah. We're talking yes. about uh, among the nations. You know, Israel was promised to become a multitude of nations. Amen. They, they did. And teach the nations? Question mark? That's what yeah. they're asking. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, they're obviously talking about the dispersed Israelites of That's the world. Right. They knew exactly who they were and where they were, folks. Don't forget. Right. And they yeah. wanted to steal that inheritance, remember? Don't right. That. Oh, yeah. The the parable of the uh, householder or the uh, – no, the uh, – the the traitorous uh, wicked husbandman, yeah, wicked husbandman. Wicked husband. That's the word. Yeah, yeah. the traitorous husbandman, which uh, let us seize the inheritance and kill the heir, right? Kill him, right? And so that's right. what that. Yeah. And so these Pharisees are the ones who wanted to kill him, and they recognized right there in that verse that he had kinsmen all over the Greco-Roman world, Northern Europe, and, and other places as well, okay? That, thus fulfilling the prophecy that the Israelites would become a multitudinous group of people, multitude, multitudinous nations, etc., which the Jews never were. Right. Never and, were. And keep in mind, you know, Peter is on the same page, folks. He's not some mm-hmm. kind of different guy here. Peter, an apostle of Yahshua Messiah, to the strangers scattered throughout 
Pontus, mm-hmm. Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. That's scattered right. throughout. That is the same word, the same yeah. diaspora, the, That's the right. dispersion. Right. And for James 1, 1 to the 12 tribes of Israel scattered abroad. Greetings. Right. Now, if you write a letter to a, a certain group of people, is is that intended for any other people? Uh, no. Uh, as a matter yeah. of fact, it's almost against the law to open the mail addressed to someone oh, else. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> Although that, that law doesn't exist in Scripture, but yeah, uh, that right, is. But yeah, it, it, it is a good a point. <laughs> it is a good point, right. So let's analyze this verse according to our understanding of what really is going on here. And Paul fully understands this. There is neither Judahite nor dispersed Israelite. There is neither bond nor free and bond should be servant because they didn't practice chattel slavery. Servant nor or, nor free. And by the way, Sarah was the free woman. Hagar was the bond woman. Now, some of these, uh, there might have been some Hagarites uh, living in the land there too. There is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in my, uh, sorry, Messiah Yeshua. So this verse is addressed only to Israelites in their various status positions as citizens of Israel, correct? Correct. Uh, you, you're, yeah. make, let's make sure an emphasis here that I because I hear a lot of it. But keep uh, there's uh, neither male nor female uh, as far as this message of uh, accepting of Messiah and such is concerned. So yes, yeah. uh, a lot of people want to put a limitation on women for some reason uh, when yeah, yeah. when this this covenant promise is also to our sisters yeah. in the faith. Yeah, well, the whole verse should be read as a uh, as a conditional, as pertaining to our people. There is neither you know Judahite nor Hellene. There is neither servant or freeman. There is neither male or female. He's not saying that there's no such thing as male and female, right? That's correct. Right. right. I mean, that would be against nature, right? So he's saying nothing. But there are Judeos who will interpret it this way. (laughs) Oh, we're non-binary. Oh, I can see how (laughs) how this verse can be interpreted wrongly in many ways, right? For ye are all one. We are the body of Christ. Of Messiah, that's who we are. Okay, now Galatians three twenty nine, and if ye be Christ, and other translations are, if ye belong to Messiah, then are ye Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. Okay, and and the the heirship starts in, in chapter four. But this could also be translated as, if ye be anointed, because there is no uh, apostrophe there in the Greek. So the better translation, and if if you belong to Christ, to, to the Messiah, or if you are anointed, if you are anointed, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So as that's why we um, quoted First Chronicles sixteen twenty two and Psalms one hundred five fifteen at the beginning of the show because those two verses could easily apply here and what they want to do the the Judeos they want to change any any word they possibly can to avoid talking about the covenant message that with the anointed people Israel are still the objective of all of these all of these Gospels, Epistles, etc., correct? 
Yeah, well, so keep in mind uh, that this is another passage they will turn to and pretend that the rest of the context is not important. As long as you believe in Jeepers, you got it made, brother, because it makes you a seed of Abraham and yeah, that's heir. Right. That's what really? You know, really? So really? There's the doctrine, and oh, it yeah. ultimately is, like I said, it is satanic. It is a promotion <laughs> of yeah. universalism. It is a promotion, therefore, of miscegenation and destruction of the chosen seed line in the right. first place. You know, the holy oh. seed, as uh, yeah. 9 2 calls it. They want to defile the holy seed. They want oh, to defile amen. the flesh, as Jude talks about. They, so they come into your congregations. They whisper this nonsense and these perversion lies. Uh, their goal is to defile the flesh of the holy seed, of the chosen race. Right. You know, these are statements right out of your Bible, folks. Yeah. And this passage does not justify them in doing so. This still, the ye, and if ye. Yeah, the right. The, the yeah. ye who he's talking to here remains in the context of Israelites. Amen. Amen. And so their interpretation of this verse is if you simply believe in Jesus, then you become Abraham's seed. I guess they mean that literally. They don't take anything else literally, but I think they mean this literally. And you become a literal heir according to the promise, which was given only to Israel and not to any Gentile. That's right. That word seed there is sperma. Mm. That's right. Okay. No, that's spiritual sperm. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? Uh, okay. Yeah, well. All right. Okay. Kind of a strange way of saying it, but anyway. Yeah, right. Well, so, well, they take certain, they take literal stuff figuratively and figurative stuff literally. That's how they operate, right? Now, right. just so we just one more verse. Let's change to Galatians 4, 1, just to get it on the record here. We'll elaborate on this next week. Galatians 4, 1. Now I say that the heir, who's the heir? Israel. Israel, Israel, right. As long as he, the heir, is a child, we had to grow up. Differeth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. Okay, the, the, the promises were made to Israel. We are to inherit this planet. Okay? That's right. But as under tutors and governors, did Yahshua need tutors and governors? He had a, a system that he was operating within, but I'm just going to tell you, he is the... Yeah. Uh, he is in uh, the high priest position now. Yeah, and anybody right. Anybody who rejects him in that position has got a major well, problem. Well, even as a little child, he astounded the people and you know the true priests in the temple with his knowledge. Right, so uh, they uh, they were absolutely astounded by that. So again, here we're talking about the the people of Israel. We're not, uh, and of course, he being the mediator, that uh, the we are the heirs. We are the heirs of the covenant, as the promises clearly say. All right, all right, brother Rick, thank you very much, helping to elucidate these passages, and we'll do more of this next week. Praise Yahweh, pass the ammunition. See you all next week. Bye-bye.
Good show. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That really was. Uh, yeah. Okay. I 